Now, Shavuot means 50 days. And 50 days after Passover, Pesach, when the Hebrews went through the Red Sea, Moses went up Mount Sinai and he was given the Ten Commandments. That was what became Shavuot. The giving of the law was a sign of God giving his spirit. Now, we mustn't think that Law and grace are separate. They're not. They're one. The Ten Commandments revealed the spirit of the living God. And in Baghdad, I love Baghdad. I was there yesterday. I only got back here last night. And to be honest, I'm in tears when I'm here because I think of my people and I want to be with my people. But God said to me, these are your people as well. So I'm still with my people because God has transformed us by his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is at work in us from the very beginning. I ought to read some Bible, hadn't I? Just a little bit, because there's a lot of Bible I want to mention. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1. He said to me, Son of man, Stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. He spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. The Iraq is mentioned in the Bible throughout the Bible. The very first place it's mentioned is in Genesis. It doesn't call it Iraq, though. What is Iraq called in the Bible? Now, you Iraqi don't tell me. You have to know. What is Iraq called? One person said Mesopotamia. That means the land between the two rivers. The two great rivers of the Euphrates and the Tigris. Somebody said Nineveh. Who said that? (laughs) You're stupid. That's just the town where your neighbour's from, isn't it? It's just one town. I'll come on to that in a minute. 
Who said Mesopotamia? <laughs> Who said it? Right, you get a prize. You get the first gift, which has already been got by Sophie, and that is the silk map of Iraq. There we are. Come and get it then. It's really nice because in the military, when those friends from America came to visit us, they couldn't put maps in their pocket on pieces of paper. So they put them on pieces of silk. There we are. Thank you. So, Mesopotamia, the land between the rivers. I know that God was involved in my life even before I was born. You know, in the Bible, it says, before you were born, when you were still in your mother's womb, I knew you. And God really did. I can look at my whole life and see how God has been working in it. Now, when I was growing up and when I was little, I didn't like it because I was brown and my brother and sister weren't very brown. And I used to think, why am I brown? I was brown because my father's Anglo-Indian. So it does tend to make you a bit brown. <laughs> and when I grew up, when I was at school, the teacher said to me when I was 10, she said to all the children, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to be an anaesthetist and a priest. She said to me, you can't. You can only do one thing. <laughs> Fine. And she said, you can't be an, a priest anyway. You're a Pentecostal. They don't have priests. <laughs> so, I... went and did medicine, became a gas man, <laughs> so I can put you to sleep with sermons or drugs. <laughs> Take your pick. Drugs are a lot quicker. <laughs> and then one day, 
standing in the grounds of the best hospital in the world, doing my praying, that's St. Thomas's, by the way, standing in the grounds of St. Thomas's, I said, thank you, Lord, so much for giving me all that I have ever wanted, for sending me to the best hospital in the world. Then I said something very dangerous. What next, Lord? And he said to me, the church. I said, what do you mean, the church? I'd given up the bit about being a priest then. He said, I want you to go into the church. And I said, but Lord, I'm good at what I do. I'm in between cardiac arrests. I'd just done one. I knew there'd be another one coming, because there always was. And you want me to go into the church? And he said, yes. The Anglican church. I said, Lord, they're not even all saved. (laughs) And you want me to become an Anglican? Yes. I fought it for guess how long? 30 minutes. (laughs) Then I started the process, going off to Cambridge, doing my theology, studying, doing a doctorate in Judaism, really. And I went and studied in the Middle East. And I studied in Jerusalem, at the Jerusalem University. And that was when I really got my love for the Middle East. I had no idea that it would ever be my home. I spoke Hebrew, I was really into it, I was still officially at Cambridge, I used to go back, do my writing. This was in the old days, when we used to write with a pen, (laughs) on paper. (laughs) And when you had to hand in your essays, written in real ink so I can write. Can't read it, but can write it. So, God got his way. There I was at the Vicar factory training to be a vicar. Not all vicars are boring, just most of them. (laughs) So, I did my ordination, and the first church I went to was in Battersea, Battersea. (laughs) 
And as soon as I was ordained, the first person who I really got my hands on goes to this church. Don't you, Bruce? He was my very first person I had pastoral care for. In fact, I grabbed you from one church and took you to another one, didn't I? He became my best friend. He was even my best man when I got married. And he always told me, you've got to come to the vineyard in St. Albans. I said, why? (laughs) Then the other day, I was sitting down in Baghdad in between rockets, bombs and explosions. And the person who was with me said, you've got to come to my church, the vineyard in St. Albans. I said, you're the second one who said that to me. (laughs) Arrange it and I'll do it. So... Uta got me here somehow with your help. Thank you. It's a great honour to be here. So I ended up in Coventry Cathedral, youngest canon ever appointed. Good to meet a Coventry lady this morning. Also in this church, it all happens here, you see. (laughs) Never fear, the vineyard is here. (laughs) And um, this is all the Holy Spirit working. All the Holy Spirit sending you to be where he wants you to be. I went to Coventry. After I was in Coventry, I got ill. Been there about three weeks. Took me in hospital. Kept me for five weeks. Diagnosed me with MS, with multiple sclerosis. So... I had good days and bad days. I was managing to do everything I had to do. And then one day, I was standing in between the old cathedral and the new cathedral. I was in charge of reconciliation. I was very much Middle Eastern orientated because of my past. And God said to me very clearly, Andrew, go to Iraq. So I tried to get into Iraq. This was in 1998. Iraq didn't like the Brits then. So I tried the Iraqi interest section. I tried the Iraqi friends I knew. Nothing worked. Couldn't get in. Do you know what the last thing I did was? I got my staff together and we prayed. Lord, get us into Iraq. 
The next day, I got a fax from Tarek Aziz. He was Saddam's deputy. He said, meet me in my office next Thursday at five o'clock. I thought, great. Now, whenever I go and see him, he's in prison. <laughs> then he was in a palace. So it's fine. And that was the beginning. And the five years I went there, in the old days, before the little war, you know the Americans had a little war against Iraq? And I used to go to my empty church. The only sign of life there were birds flying around. And most of them were dead. And now, well, my church then got up to 6,000 people inside. But now, so many have left. I have had 1,300, no, 1,276 of my congregation killed in the last 10 years. You talk about the suffering of Christians, being in the land or the town of the first martyr in Britain, remembering St. Stephen, first Christian martyr, we are surrounded by people who have had their loved ones killed. The trauma of the last week, you've heard that there were 50 people killed yesterday in Baghdad. Don't believe it. There were at least 100. Whenever you're given figures, double it because the figures aren't true. The terror we face is so awful. The death, the slaughter, the massacre. And yet I can honestly say, I never dreamt that my life would ever be as good as the days when I was at the hospital. Every day I used to think, oh, I wish I was back running the crash team. That was exciting. This is boring. And then God sends me to Iraq. And I can honestly say I have never been so thrilled with my life as now. I love it every minute. And people say, aren't you fearful? Aren't you afraid? I can honestly say I've never been fearful one day 
Why? Because I've never experienced love like I have there. And perfect love casts out all fear. And the people who give me the perfect love are my children. I have lost so many of my congregation. They've been killed or they have fled. But the wonderful thing is that the Lord is there and his spirit is with us. Every service we begin with the words, Allahumma, the Lord is here. And the people say back, His Spirit is with us. Because the Lord is here, because His Spirit is with us, we will not fear. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. The Spirit of the living God is with us non-stop. I wish I could tell you more, but I haven't got much time. We have seen God's glory in Baghdad in the most incredible ways. We have seen miracles. We have seen people healed. Our congregation, I told you, was six and a half thousand, but so many have left. And yet, we have got in our midst, we have over 2,000 Muslims in our congregation. And they're all women. Don't argue with women. <laughs> if you want a job done properly, ask a woman to do it. <laughs> and we're not trying to convert those women. We love them, they love us. We have a wonderful service at the church. Apart from preaching the good news, we have a brilliant clinic, we have dentists, six doctors every day, we see 150 patients every day, we have a school with several hundred children, all started from scratch. I think I have the only church in the world where people come and say, get Abuna, he will put the line in for us. So Abuna, me, has to come and put the intravenous lines in. It's 
quite funny getting the priest or the pastor to come put the drips up. But at least I know what I'm doing, because once a gas man, always a gas man. Isn't that right? So, it's great. Our church was started by Christ Church Jaffa Gate in Jerusalem. There I was the other day. I still work in Israel quite a lot. Not that you can say that a lot in Baghdad. It's not really very popular. But there I was sitting, and somebody said to me, how do you get your people to read the Bible? I said, it's difficult because some don't read. It's a bit of a problem, that. Oh, he said, don't worry, I can give you the Bible in a way that they will be able to read it. The Psalms, Psalm 1. Here we are. the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Whole Bible, like this. We've got the Bible like this in Arabic and English. So it's really good. I was with one of the grand ayatollahs the other day and I gave him this as a gift. He said, I'll give you the Holy Quran like that. Well, I said, make it quick, I'm waiting. <laughs> Who's the loveliest person here? Who? No, you look a bit. I think you might be. You. You. Not you. Is that your daughter? What's your name? Joyce, come and get this. I'm giving it to you. This is your Bible. There are the instructions. If anybody else wants one, you can buy them there, $60 each, 40 pounds. But Joyce has got one. Don't you try and take Joyce's away from her. People say to me often, how is it that there are so many Christians in Baghdad, in Iraq? I say, well, we're one of the oldest Christian countries in the world. Did you know that? Did you? They don't know much here. <laughs> it all started before Christianity. A miserable evangelist came to us in a submarine. And he came to Mosul, where you're from, Tinenua. 
And he came to Nineveh. Oh, he was so miserable. I mean, there's lots of miserable evangelists. But this one was really miserable. The only positive thing he said was, I knew that you are great and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than live. Thanks be to God. I've run out of time now, and I've hardly started. If you want to hear the rest, my books, violence. I will find them. Bye. Thank you.